Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Um, so I'm going to carry on with this Jesus Is series um, that we've been doing over the last, last few weeks. Obviously, if you've, if you've been away, we'll fill in some of the gaps, but encourage you to go back and listen to messages and so forth to, uh, to get a, a bigger picture of it. Um, but today, what I want to do is to conclude the series. I want to finish by looking at uh, a particular one of these I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John, the seven of them, and this happens to be the sixth one that he makes, and, it's, and it forms kind of somewhat of a, uh, of a summary uh, of, of Jesus' teaching. Uh, and by the way, so we're concluding that today, but next Sunday, uh, we're going to have Sam Bloor. Uh, really excited to have Sam coming and speaking. As some of you, uh, some of you uh, know Sam. Um, his real claim to fame is that he's Lynn Bloor's son. Uh, Lynn, 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 Lynn is not in the room right at the moment, but anyway, Lynn is uh, part of our community. Um, and uh, Sam uh, is one of the, on the teaching team at St. Paul's Church in town. Uh, he works with the Venn Foundation, is a great thinker. Uh, he used to be a, a medical doctor before God just got a hold of his heart and called him towards a life of ministry. Uh, and so he, he's going to be with us uh, next Sunday, and that's going to be fantastic. And then, like I said, the Sunday after that, a couple of weeks' time, Matt and Jacinda are going to be uh, back with us. But today, this, um, this I am statement, this, this sixth statement that Jesus makes, you know, we've looked at Jesus is the true vine. Remember, Life in the Vine series that we did a few months back. We've got, we looked at the light of the world. And last week, uh, we got focused in on the sheep. Uh, Jesus is the good shepherd. Um, I liked the uh, sheep conversations that I've had this week. Uh, actually, uh, it, was, it was good. It's good. Good. Andrew was telling us, um, operations uh, manager it was telling us that sheep, they have about, they have terrible um, depth perception. So they can only see sort of 10 meters in front of them. Uh, and that's why they have to rely on the shepherd's voice uh, so much. It's, it's good. The statement that we're going to look at today, I, I, because of the context in which Jesus said it, it probably wasn't received as quite as controversially as the other ones that we have looked at for them. But I want to hazard a guess that it's probably the most controversial for us. Given our context, our society, where we're at, I reckon that this I am statement of Jesus is probably the most controversial for us. Let's pray. Father, we invite your presence. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of it. God, again, may it bring life and health. As we orientate our hearts and our lives, God, may, may it just lead us forward into a place like we've prayed earlier that was spacious and wide and open and good. Father, may you speak to us through your word this morning, now, 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said? I have a question for you. The question is, have you ever had a troubled heart? Not physically, you know, I mean maybe physically, but have you ever had a troubled heart? Ever been anxious about anything? Uh, ever worried about anything? <laughs> if, you, if you're sitting next to someone who didn't just raise their hand, give them a nudge, come on. <laughs> about seven years ago, uh, one thing led to the other, and um, I ended up um, uh, starting this small little business, a carpet cleaning business. It's turned into what's called now called Clean Green Carpet Cleaning, uh, very much still in operation, not by, not by me, but by somebody else now. And uh, it, for me, it was a, it, it was a, a real journey, um, especially in the early days now. I know that lots of people in the room do own your own businesses or you're self-employed in some way. Uh, but for me, that was a whole new world. I'd always uh, kind of worked in salaried positions, so as long as I didn't you know, do anything really dumb, uh, or the business went under, uh, <laughs> then, then, then as long as I kept doing what I was meant to be doing, then every couple of weeks or you know, monthly, I'd, I'd get paid. I'd get a paycheck in my, in my bank account. We know how that works, right? Um, but this was a whole new world, so especially in the startup phase of this business, I quickly realized that if I didn't generate work, I don't get paid. <laughs> yeah, there's a few nods around the room. Yeah, I understand that. And, uh, you know, like it was, it was a good challenge, but it was, a, it, it was a challenge. And I have got to admit that there were times where there were some troubled heart moments when the calendar was not looking that full and I was like, mm, this is, you know, this feel right for a while, but I've got a family, you know, like it's important that we have money coming in the door. Troubled heart moments. And it was, you know, like it was a, actually it was a really great, um, you know, just fresh kind of way of having to trust God, you know, of, 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 of yes, doing all the things that was good to do, right to do in terms of making the business healthy, but I've actually, at the end of the day, saying, God, I'm just looking to you as my provider, you know, like, and, and honestly, it was amazing, not, not like in those moments that the, the next second, but as I reflected back, you know, I just saw the provision of God in such cool ways, you know, a phone call would come in, inquiries would come in, the calendar would fall, would get full, I, I, I got to admit, I got, I got a bit annoyed at people, and it was out of a good heart, and I you know, probably some people in the room have asked me this question over the, over the years. Uh, but uh, are you busy? You know, in the business context, are you busy? And what they really meant by that question was, is your calendar full? Do you have, an, do you have enough work coming in? And I f- kind of felt like turning around and saying, well, yeah, I'm busy. I'm either busy doing the work or I'm busy generating the work. I'm, what do you think I'm doing? Just like twiddling my thumbs, doing nothing? <laughs> anyway, sorry. De- <laughs> Detour, let it out, let it out. <laughs> but you know, troubled hearts can happen for us in all sorts of different ways, can't they? You know, like we, we, if you've got kids, you would have had would have had a troubled heart moment this week, no doubt. Uh, no matter what age they are, um, troubled heart can happen when it comes to areas of the workplace or relationships that we have. Uh, something's going on that's just not quite feeling right. We're, we're anxious about what 
is going to be in the future. We don't know quite how it's all going to pan out. We can, be, we can be anxious about our marriage. We can be anxious about trying to find the right life partner for us. We can be anxious about death. We can be anxious about all sorts of things. And, and if I was just to stop and kind of list down everything that we might be anxious of, one, we'll be here for a long time, and two, we'll be very depressed. All right? All right? So I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. But the thing is that the... The statement that we're looking at today, when Jesus makes this I am statement, he is talking to a room of troubled heart people. People who are anxious, people who are worried. The beautiful thing about Scripture, the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it, it speaks into those very deep concerns that we have. You know, as human beings, the way that we live, the way that we're wild, that, you know, God gets it. He understands. He's, and, and He's given us this gift of Scripture to be able to help guide us when we feel those things that are, are deep-rooted within our lives, troubled Heart. So I'd love you to, uh, to turn into John 14. Uh, if you've got your Bibles and you want to look it on your phones and so forth, I want to look at John 14. Like I say, the, the, the statement that, he, that we're going to read is not that scandalous to the people who are, who are there because the people who are there are uh, they're, they're in this, actually they, they snapped a pick uh, just on the day. I don't know why they're all sitting on one side of the table. Like, why don't they like facing each other? But it was good, good to take a photo of the moment, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not so scandalous a statement because he's speaking to those who have done the journey with him, his disciples in the room, and they are there at the Last Supper. Okay, so this this final sort of moment that Jesus has to to invest into his disciples, to 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 spend quality time with them in the. And just so that you, you've got a, a frame of reference for the scene of what's actually happening, he's, just, he's made this really symbolic gesture, this statement by, by washing his disciples' feet. You know, as they gather for this last meal together before the journey of the cross, he's, he's making a statement that the world may say that to be great, to be, you need to be looked at, you need to be admired, you need to... Have others serve you, but no, I'm turning it on its head again. Just another one of these upside-down moments that Jesus has for us where he says, no, if you want to be great, you need to learn to serve others. He talks to them about the betrayal that Judas is going to take them through. He, he explains to the disciples that he's, he's not going to be with them for very much longer. And he says to them in uh, John 13, 34, remember that when Scripture uh, has you know, chapters and verses, you know, it's, they're done afterwards. So in John 13, it's actually one flowing bit into John 14. So it's the same scene, it's the same setting. So even though we've got you know, numbers that differentiate it, it's actually one you know, one whole um, flowing bit of text. So in John 13, 34, he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Then he challenges Peter. This is all in the same scene. Then he challenges Peter. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Before the crow cries... You're going to deny me. You're going to disown me. 
So as he leads into this sixth I am statement, he is talking to a room of people who have troubled hearts. Both what I've just explained in terms of the the scene, but the general, the bigger picture of the, the tension that was around Christ. They knew what was going on. Sort of. <laughs> they were troubled. Like you and I can be. And this is what he says to them. In verse 1, John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What an opening sentence, eh? (laughs) He must have sensed the trouble that they were feeling in the room. Do not let your hearts... Anyone need to hear that today? (laughs) Do not let... Honestly, if you you recognize that a troubled heart is not just a concept, (laughs) a troubled heart is now, you need to hear that this morning. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. In my mind, this is one of those sort of moments where like, there's a bit of a, a lull in the conversation, a bit of a lull in the flow of things, and there's some people in the room who sit back and say, oh, wow, yeah, amen, preach it. <laughs> but then somewhere in the back of the room, you can hear the cogs of Thomas's mind ticking over. <laughs> and he's like, hang on, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) They sound good. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? (laughs) You got to love Thomas's, you know, questions, eh? This epitomizes that that kind of thinking, you know, if, if you're thinking it, probably someone else in the room is thinking it as well, so you may as well just ask the question. And we're glad that he did. We're glad that he did, because it leads to this sixth I am statement. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, and uh, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you, you do know him and have seen him. He goes on from there to uh, encourage the disciples to believe that he is in the Father and that the Father's in him because of what he said, but also because of the miracles that they've seen him, him do. 
what they've witnessed. He speaks to them about the Holy Spirit. He tells them about being in the true vine from John 15 that we've looked at earlier on. He's honest about the challenge. This is all within the same scene. He's, he's honest about the challenges that they're going to face as his followers. He prays for them. He prays for all believers. He prays for us. But this morning, obviously, I want to focus in on this particular statement of Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He speaks to their troubled hearts and says, I'm preparing a place for you. Side note, uh, heaven, new creation. Uh, Just track back a couple of weeks, listen to Simeon's message. Uh, explain a little bit more the sixth act of Scripture, okay? If you've got a blank face, that's probably because you were away, so go back and listen to that, and uh, you'll be blessed as you, as you hear about the reality of new creation. But he says, you know the way to the place by knowing me, by coming directly to the Father because of who I am, because I am. Remember, I am that I am. Exodus 3, you know, this reference to the Old Testament where the, where the Israelites knew God by this name, Yahweh. I am that I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus. So I just, I just, I just thought that we could unpack this, these three words, right? Way, truth, and the life this morning. For our troubled hearts, what, what is the invitation to us? What, what, what is important for us to notice and to see and to, and to step into? Firstly, the way. I am the way. How many, um, how many proud navigators do we have in the room? Now, yeah, thank you. Okay, I see that hand. Uh, now, by navigator, I mean, you know, in your family, uh, when you're going a car ride, uh, you are the one who takes charge, takes responsibility of working out where you're going. You, it's an unfamiliar place, all right? Okay, there's a few finger point, a bit of finger pointing going on. I like that. Good. Be bold. Be, don't be need to be ashamed of it. Thank you, Ian. That's good. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> and, and often if you're a... Um, if you are the proud navigator in your family or your group of friends, uh, then you might fall into two camps. Maybe you're the GPSer or the Google Mapper. So, so your responsibility is to look it up, to search it. In our family, we call Google the voice of Google Maps Estelle. Uh, so Estelle leads us. Sometimes we often ask Estelle, you know, where it is that we're meant to go. Oh, 300 meters. Actually, a female voice. So in 300 meters, uh, <laughs> please take the, the third exit on the around the roundabout. Thank you, Estelle. We know where we're going. That's good. Or you've got the feelers, all right? So you're, you're more like, man, I know where North is. Just chill. I know where we're going. I don't need, I don't need Google Maps. Thanks. We're just, we just fine. You think that you've got it sorted. You think. <laughs> Proud navigators. And I must admit that I am blessed with a navigationally sound wife. She's got many good qualities, and I, and I didn't have it on my, my wife you know, list, uh, but I probably should have, but she's, she's solid. You know, she's good when it comes to uh, navigating, working out where, where we, where we, you know, how we're going to get there. And it's helpful. 
Uh, those of us, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because there can be a bit of tension at times, can't there? You know, sometimes a bit of tension in the car about, oh, which way? Which way? I'm driving, you're navigating. We were, um, uh, I remember years ago, uh, we were driving, uh, we'd, we booked a holiday. I think Ella was about two, so we just had one, uh, you know, one little girl and she was in the back. In the back, we were driving from Rotorua to Gisborne. Uh, we'd booked a little holiday, and if you know that kind of general neck of the woods, then you can either go uh, north up via Fakatane, kind of around that way, um, or what we thought we 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 thought uh, would be a, 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 better, a better a better way to go would be to explore via Lake Waikaremoana. Uh, so if you go near Fakatana, it's about four hours. If you go, via, according to Google Maps, if you go via Lake Waikaremoana, it's more like five hours, extra hour. But hey, it'd be worth it. We haven't been that way before. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be cool. It'll be good. We, we uh, decided that that was the way that we should go. So we went that way. And anyway, the only problem was that it was... Uh, there was like a real big storm on, and there was wind and rain, and I don't know if you've ever driven that road, but you're like, yeah, like it's, you know, you go through these small little towns, and it turns into a gravel road, it's windy, it's rainy, it's, oh, there's a few little branches on the, on the road, oh, there's a bit of surface water on the road, okay, we better keep on driving, we'll be all right, we're all right, Keeps on being windy, keeps on being, ah, there's some quite large branches on the road. Uh, now we're sort of swerving, uh, you know, around the branches. And there's just this little voice that's, I'm not sure if it was stated or not, but it was definitely understood. Is this a good idea? <laughs> that was collectively we were asking. <laughs> We saw this other car, this other vehicle coming towards us. We were like, ah, we better just find out what's ahead of us here. And uh, so got their attention, uh, and they responded, I'm really, uh, I've just come through quite a big Ford, and honestly, I'm not sure if you'd be able to get through it without a four-wheel drive. And we, we weren't in a four-wheel drive, and so we thought, ah, okay, tail between the legs, turn around. And, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's find the, the way to cut through back onto that northern route to get round to Whakatane, all right? <laughs> there is no cut through. <laughs> back almost all the way to Rotorua before heading up and around the way that we probably should have gone in hindsight the first time. <laughs> Great illustration, that's right, Mitch, yeah. You know, I think it was, it was about eight hours plus, eh? Like, yeah, it was terrible. And our, and our daughter, Ella, uh, two years old, she just cried every time that we went to go back in the car for the next few days. She's like, oh, I'm going to go in the car. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> Life can be like that, can't it? You know, and even in our even in our spiritual journeys, even in our lives of faith, you know, we can have this have this idea of where we're heading, of the route to get there, and then whoop! <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, Jesus is the way. What he's what he's not spelling out here is that I will take you on the most efficient route from A to B. 
That's not the point of the way. The point is following. To our troubled hearts, you know, often our troubled hearts are there because of not knowing exactly where we're going, right? Not knowing what's, what's, what is around the corner. What, what will my job look like in 10 years' time? What, what, how will my family pan out? What, what will take place? Jesus is the way. If we would orientate our lives towards following him, you know, this whole leading on from this, this concept of the sheep, the sheep hearing his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought out his, all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Only 10 meters worth of sight in front of them. They need to follow his voice if we want to find those open pastures, those open places in our hearts and minds and lives. We need to be prepared to follow that yes, there are detours along the way sometimes. But if we would continue to wrestle and orientate our hearts and lives around following Jesus, what should our Christian lives look like? Well, the, the, the place to start is Jesus. He is the way. He shows us the model of how to do life. Jesus who served, who washed his disciples' feet, who cared deeply about the poor and the oppressed and the outsider, who believed in the power of prayer and expecting miracles to take place, who found time alone to seek his Father despite the pressures that were on his life. And many more things that the life of Jesus tells us and shows us, but he is the way to model our lives on Christ, he said, come and follow me. Enjoy the adventure. He's also the truth. He's also the truth. Now this, I reckon, is where we get controversial. And especially that, that follow-up sentence, the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Within our current culture, within our society, there is obviously a strong move towards everyone having their own truth. That's okay for you. You can believe in Jesus. That's fine for you. But my truth is different. Now, look, I don't want to belittle this. In fact, you may be here right now or you might be watching with us online and you are really battling with this. And I get it. I get it. I get that the statement that we've just read seems on the surface of it so exclusive. It seems so arrogant of Jesus to say that. How is it that he can claim to be the only way? Now, this is a big topic, all right? And it is definitely worth a proper conversation about. But there is a deep problem with the logic of having everyone's truth just be their own. It sounds good. 
It sounds inclusive on the surface of it, but actually, as N.T. Wright puts really succinctly as per normal, if you dethrone Jesus, you enthrone something or someone else instead. So if I follow my own truth, I either end up making myself or my intellect my God. And I don't know about you, but I'd father rather trust Jesus. <laughs> you should think the same thing about <laughs> Man, I, I, I can't treat my children fairly all the time. How, how, how am I going to be God of the universe? Honestly. Someone whose story and testimony has stood the test against the rigors of time and countless challenge, Jesus. Someone who the Bible, an extremely reliable source of literature, when compared to any others like it, promotes as being truth incarnate. Someone whose miraculous work of healing and restoration is recorded for all to see. Someone who has given the most brutal Roman death, yet rose again three days later, that even 2,000 years now, given the advancement in scientific and technological things that have happened through the years, even now, there has still not been a legitimate reason or uh, 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 an argument that's been brought to the surface that convinces us, ah, you know what? He actually didn't rise from the dead. It's not there. I would prefer to trust in that Jesus. And like I say, I don't mean to belittle the argument of it. It's, 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 it's there and it's real and it's definitely worth a conversation. But there is a deep flaw in my own truth being God. Now I'm comfortable that we can land on all sorts of different theological perspectives absolutely comfortable with it. In fact, there are movements of churches, obviously, that have, uh, that have because of those theological differences, have, have started things, you know? And, and, of course, the vineyard has it all perfect. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll get to face-to-face um, -face with Jesus one day and we'll realize that we didn't have it all together, right? We didn't have it all right. I'm comfortable that we can land on some theological differences. However, there are some absolutes to the Christian faith. There are some things that are fundamental for all of us. The fact that Jesus lived, that he died, and that he rose again. Let's just start there. Truth. In John 18, as Jesus stands before trial, uh, before sorry, stands trial before Pilate, he, he is challenged by Pilate. He is calling him. Are you calling yourself a king or not? Jesus' response is to say to him, "Yes, but my kingdom is not of this world." John 18, verse 37. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. 
Jesus is the way, he's the truth. And he's the life. As we read last week, John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. There is true life to be had in the life of Christ. Uh, John 1 verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Uh, John 6 verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. One of the I am statements that we haven't really had a chance to look at, sorry. I am the bread of life. Uh, Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Again, there is a substance and a sustenance to the life of Christ if we would choose to follow after him. Or in John 11 verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. In fact, near the end of John's gospel, he he summarizes the purpose of what he has written down. And he says in John 20, verse 30 and 31, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by, by believing you may have life in his name. The goal of John's gospel is that you would see the life of Christ and follow him. Thomas of Kempen, who's a German-Dutch theologian around the 15th century, said, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. When our hearts are troubled, may we find life in Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, Band, thanks Chelsea, why don't you guys come join me? Although we haven't looked at um, you know, every one of these seven I am statements from Christ, they, they add up to a, a significant summary of who Jesus is, right? The, the bread of life, the light of the world, I am the gate, I am the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the true vine. And I guess that my, my hope and prayer is just that we, as we've done this little series, that there would be just a a growing um, awareness and passion for who Jesus is, that there would be an opportunity for you to reflect and think, you know, where is that invitation? You know, for for some of us, it'll it'll just mean an ongoing journey of of searching after God for yourself. But for some of us, it'll mean change. It'll mean tweaking and, and shifting your orientation of life to be able to fully embrace who Jesus is really is this unfolding reality and truth of the beauty and the majesty and the goodness of Christ. Maybe you're here and just as we're, you know, wrapping up and closing this morning, just, or maybe even you're watching online and That invitation for you, that change for you, that, that shift for you is actually, 
It's inviting Christ into your own life to be your Lord and your Saviour too. You might have dabbled around the edges. You might have investigated a whole lot. You might have talked to people, kind of sussed out who this Jesus person is. But actually, you, 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 want it, you want it for yourself. You want Him for yourself. You don't just want to talk to people, know about it, understand it, sing a song about Him. You want Him to be in your world and in your life. And as a church, as a community of, of people, we just, we just love that we're on the journey together of discovering Jesus. And, I, and, I, and I, I, if that's you, you know, we would love to just help you step into that life. In fact, come on, let's just quickly do this right now. Just uh, close your eyes. I know that we're sort of out of time. Kids will come and join us in just a second. Um, don't worry about the noise in the room as they do that. If you're here and that is you, I don't want to uh, prolong it, but if you know you want to step into that life, you want to invite Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you want to step into this life with Jesus, you, you want to become a Christian. Or maybe at some point in your life you recognize that you were, but you had shifted away from Him. Can you just... Lift up your hand, just wherever you're seated, just so I can see it. Hold it up high and proud, and then you can pop that down, and then I'm going to lead you through a prayer. Just inviting Jesus into your heart. Just, is that, is that you this morning? Just, would you lift up your hand, just wherever you're seated? I'm going to invite Jesus into your world. don't want to put any pressure on it. Just want to give you the opportunity of being able to do that. Let's pray. Jesus, man, we thank you for the life that you breathe into us. God, may we, be, may we embrace it to its full. For every person, the people on our left and right, as well as for ourselves, Lord God. We want to follow you. We thank you for the reality that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that we can bring our troubled hearts to you. love someone to pray with you. Maybe there is that, that area of trouble within your spirit that you, you feel and sense at the moment. You'd love someone to pray with. We'd, we'd love to do that. Uh, so we'll, we'll wrap things up here, but if you want to come down the front, just make yourself known and, uh, and we can do that. But be, be blessed in who Jesus is. Stick around, tea and coffee, stay as long as you want. Love you. See ya. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. 
If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz. Or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast, and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.